Locked On Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to an August 8th Monday episode of the Lockdown Blazers podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, Eric Garcia-Gunderson, a writer for BlazersEdge.com and the former Blazers beat writer for the Vancouver Columbian. Thanks for joining us. Welcome back. It's a Monday. We last talked to you on Thursday. Right now, I just got done watching the first half of the Team USA basketball game this afternoon down in Rio against the Venezuelan national team. Uh, it's a, it's an important game for me because I am born and raised here in Oregon uh, in the United States. And my mom is also a Venezuelan. And uh, the Venezuelan basketball team played a big part in me becoming a basketball fan. And they played the Dream Team back in 1992, back in the Tournament of the Americas here in Portland, actually. Which, yeah, believe it or not, the the Dream Team's first tournament was here in Portland. And uh, Venezuela had a good run in the first quarter. They tied them 18-18, to but uh, as we expected, the United States is now blowing the doors off of them. They're up by 22, and they're probably going to win by about 50, because that's what the United States does in the Olympics. Uh, With that squad, even though they looked pretty weak, uh, to start the game, they were turning the ball over, fouling a lot. Uh, again, no Blazers in the Olympics this summer. Al Farouk Aminu dropped out of the Olympics. Uh, there was an insurance issue, according to the Nigerian basketball Twitter account, uh, with an announcement there. The Blazers said there were some unresolved issues. Festus Azili, his knees, obviously, uh, with how bad they were to get a discounted contract from the Blazers, they were not insurable either. So both the Blazers that had a chance to play for the Nigerian national team dropped out. Damian Lillard obviously dropped out a lot earlier and CJ McCollum, who was going to be part of the select team dropped out of that as well. So uh, not many Blazers there, but um, it's a good time to at least watch a little bit of basketball, get your fix when the season is very, very slow, which is why by the way, uh, I know our new intro, by the way, yeah, obviously, you, I'm sure you've noticed that we had a new intro today, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, and just a reminder that we are a daily podcast, but right now, since news is so slow, there's so little going on in the NBA world, we are doing this podcast just two times a week, we try and do it on Mondays and Thursdays, and we're just doing it twice a week, instead of the regular five, for about five more weeks until we kick it back up to five times a week when we get closer to the NBA season. When there's more news, we'll check in with some other teams, some of the partner podcasts and the Lockdown Podcast Network to get their insight. You know, some some important teams that the Blazers are going to be vying with for for, for playoff seeding uh, and things of that nature. We're, we're still going to try and get some more guests uh, as we get along here. But today, it is just me. And since I last podcasted, which was Thursday with Dane Carbaugh from The Rewind, who will be a regular guest, that's The Rewind, not The Rewind, he will be a regular guest on this podcast, 
And there's some stuff that's happening in the Blazer world, the most notable of which was just a acknowledgement from the organization and a press conference that C.E.J. McCollum had about his new contract extension, which was a four-year, $106 million extension. He's going to be under contract for the next five years. And McCollum had his whole family there, including his brother, Eric McCollum, who once again came home a winner from the basketball tournament, that summer tournament that they have now. Uh, it's brand new. I think it's in its second year. And they won it again. The, they won last year, and then they won this year. Eric McCollum and his squad, the Overseas Elite. And Eric and family were at the practice facility where CJ addressed reporters. Among the highlights from the press conference, the ones that got the most attention on social media, the blogs and all that, uh, was some some funny comments from CJ talking about wanting to pronounce Willamette correctly and also giving a shout-out to Oregon Pinot Noir. So he was hitting all the right notes of the uh, Oregon travel list, the uh, important things to know in the geography books, the travel guides. And we actually talked about that this morning. Oh, by the way, uh, this week I am guest hosting with Dan Sheldon, from Comcast Sportsnet, who also hosts the morning show on 6.20 a.m. here in town. That's the station that carries the Blazers. He hosts Rip City Mornings, and I am joining him this week. I joined him this morning from 6 to 9 a.m. locally in Portland, and I will join him again tomorrow from 6 to 9 a.m. And I think you can also get that on the iHeartRadio app. So if you want to listen to me, if you listen to this podcast, maybe also listen to Rip City Mornings tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow's Tuesday. Today's Monday for those of you who are listening to this a day late or don't, you know, or a week late. Uh, and if it's a week late, then you missed your chance to hear me on the radio. But during today's live show, we talked about the potential of maybe CJ and Damien getting CJ McCollum and Damien Lillard potentially getting onto Team USA in the future with. Spurs head coach Greg Popovich, and it seems like McCollum is already kind of laying the groundwork there with the shout-out to the Pinot Noir, because Greg Popovich, as some of you may know, some of you may not, is is a big wine guy. Uh, he's a wine connoisseur, and he owns a vineyard here in Oregon in the Willamette Valley, and one of his vineyards produces Pinot Noir as well, or his vineyard. I don't know if he has multiple, but his vineyard definitely produces Pinot Noir in addition to some other wines uh, that are abundant in Oregon. And so perhaps CJ is laying the groundwork to maybe have a dinner with Pop, you know, get that in his head that he wants to be in uh, the next Olympics, which I think is 2020 in Tokyo. And so obviously it's 2020, but I just couldn't remember which, which country it was. But it's in Tokyo, and uh, yeah, maybe CJ, maybe CJ and and Pop will have some Pinot Noir and uh, go to go to Tokyo together. I don't know if Damian Lillard's going to be interested, but maybe if if Coach K is gone, uh, maybe that will entice Damian Lillard. Although the Adidas thing and the Nike thing may make it more difficult than I'm sure even he would like in terms of. Uh, you know, his brand exposure and whatnot, because uh, I don't know if you all saw that, that photo 
that they had of Team USA, but the guys that were Adidas guys had their shoes obscured. And I mean, you know, it's all part of the the brand game, so to speak. Um, so who knows if, if Damian wants to do that? But maybe Greg Popovich uh, will will want Damian Lillard a little bit more than than Coach K did. And who knows who's to say if, if Coach K didn't want Damian Lillard or if Damian Lillard just didn't want to go. But uh, be interesting to see. Uh, but CJ McCollum definitely would not have that problem as a Nike guy himself. And most for, most of that CJ McCollum presser uh, was your standard contract announcement. Uh, it was you know. Everything's great. CJ's great. He's going to get better. He isn't satisfied. The status quo for your standard presser. And, uh, you know, it was, it was, it was good. It was vintage CJ, vintage Neil O'Shea in the way that, uh, it was orchestrated and presented. And it's, it's true. I mean, CJ McCollum was a fantastic player last year, and I think he'll continue to get better. I don't think that last year was necessarily a blip on the radar or a best case scenario for CJ McCollum, which a lot of people do have that opinion that maybe he's not going to be able to duplicate what he did last season for the Blazers. And I think that I I think he'll only continue to get better. I think he's going to become a better defender, which is something that he's talked about multiple times. And uh, I think he's going to continue to work at it. I mean, he's six three, but you know he is going to continue to work on his game. He's a hard worker. He had to kind of develop all these non traditional, uh, unconventional moves to get his shot off, and that's kind of what made him the player that he is. And uh, I don't think it's lip service coming from CJ, and I don't think it's either you know lip service coming from Damian either. When 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 Dame talks, and you know those two guys are, are going to be really good. They're going to be a big reason why the Blazers are really good. And CJ definitely deserves that money. Uh, I think it's going to be a steal when it's all said and done because there's the possibility that the lockout comes and they, they put a hard cap on, on, on every team and limit the amount of money that players can get. But at the same time, they may just keep things the same. And, you know, if he had gone out on the open market, he could have gotten much, much more than that. And, uh, especially with the expanded salary cap, you see the salaries that guys are getting and, uh, he's easily worth the, the money that the Blazers gave him. And I think probably when it's all said and done, it will be a steal. I saw a great stat from Matt Moore of CBSSports.com that McCollum split the pick and roll, you know, I think it was like 80 times in the season and he never turned the ball over. I mean, the guy is 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 crafty. He has a great handle. He shouted out his dad for telling him that he, he needs to have a handle uh, like Kyrie and, you know, sitting down with his mom about going over film and how bad he played one night and how much someone scored on him. So I, I think CJ is going to be very good. I think the Blazers are going to be very good, which brings us to some good sound that was provided to us from the founder of the Locked On Podcast Network, David Locke who is the host of Locked On Jazz and the host of Locked On NBA, the Locked On Network's NBA podcast, which you should subscribe to and download. And David does these great things where he gets um, NBA scouts, NBA coaches, sometimes, of course, anonymously to come and chat about things going on in the league. And one of the things he did over this past week was he had uh, an NBA scout on to go over all 30 teams and this is what the scout had to say about the Blazers offseason and what he thinks it does for them. 
Uh, you mentioned Portland. Do you like the additions of Festus, Azealia, and Evan Turner? Does that change that team in a positive way at all? Um, Evan Turner is, uh, you know, I think he's fine. I, I think he's a good, good fit as as a uh, multi-tool guy who maybe could play the six-man role, or maybe he he starts at the three and get. But they're small if he starts at the three, so. Um, I don't know. That's a team that'll be interesting to watch. Fess is really, I don't think that, I don't think he's a difference maker. Uh, he's, he's a fine player, but I don't think he's a difference maker one way or another. So there you have the, the scouts take on locked on NBA, the NBA podcast of the locked on podcast network. And yeah, I mean, not, not a very positive review, I suppose of the, Blazers offseason uh Evan Turner gets the grade of fine which I think is totally fair I think it's probably a little bit more fair than what some people have characterized uh Turner's abilities as you know we've heard everything from bad to he's awful uh you know he doesn't make you better and you know th- there are numbers to to show those things and and you know he was also you know pretty good and I think he'll he provides a skill that could be valuable to Blazers and then the Festus Azili uh, was uh the Festus Azili evaluation was was not very good at all um and probably a little bit worse than probably I even expected uh from a scout but you know not that surprising too given how Azili played in the playoffs how he has had knee injuries he doesn't really help you on the offensive end which I know the Blazers need help defensively but Although the Blazers were a very good offense last year and they were sixth in the NBA and CJ and Dame both averaged over 20 points a game, I don't know if you can really look at the roster and be like, okay, they're stacked. They have a lot of good offensive players. And I think if you have a guy who's has bad hands, not you know a great scorer, not a guy with a lot of good post moves like Festus Azili at center, I think that does limit you. He's not a good passer. You know, like Mason Plumley is, he doesn't really shoot the way Myers Leonard does. He does not finish in the way that Ed Davis does, and nor is he as good of an offensive rebounder as Davis or Plumley. So you look at all those things, and you know, I, I think the scout, you know, makes a point there. Azili could be better than we expect. His rim protection really could provide a lot, but I do think, I think Crab is a good offensive player. I think he can score, but I do think. The Blazers don't necessarily have a ton of depth in terms of really solid offensive production. And, you know, this offseason, you know, the Blazers have been positive, as as you kind of have to be publicly about their offseason. And although I feel like Olshea has hedged his bets a little bit, hedged his his review of the offseason a little bit more by talking more about the limitations that the Portland market presents, that not everybody wants to be in Portland, not everybody wants to play for the Blazers. And uh, it was good to get that, you know, kind of dose of brutal honesty from uh, the anonymous scout who was on the Locked On NBA podcast. And again, 
you should definitely subscribe to that, hosted by David Locke, the founder of the Lockdown Podcast Network. And I think that Turner will help them off the bench. And something that Dan Sheldon actually brought up today when I was on Rip City Mornings was that Turner really helps bring playmaking to the table if Myers Leonard eventually graduates to a starting role. And I think that that is something that even for me, I, I feel like I've defended Myers quite a bit throughout his career because I, I think that he brings a lot to the table. I remember even against the Memphis Grizzlies, I thought that the Blazers should start Myers because uh, a couple of years ago when they still had Aldridge because he just provided so much space uh, on the inside for everybody else that had the ball. And, uh, you know, that that caught me a little off guard. But at the same time, you have to think about are they going to really commit money long term to both Myers Leonard and Mason Plumley, And I also think that I think the Plumley that we saw last season was probably the peak of his abilities, the peak of his potential contributions to the Blazers because he's not a good scorer. He doesn't have a go-to post move. He he doesn't really know how to get position on the inside to get buckets. He's a great passer. That's 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 for sure. He can get out and run. He can get a rebound and lead the break and and find an open man, find open shooters. That was so valuable for the Blazers last year, and I think he's a very valuable player. But if you look at the two guys and what their potential is. I do have to agree that Myers has much more potential than Plumlee does. And Myers struggles at times to protect the paint and is still learning the pick and roll. But Plumlee is really not a great paint defender. He doesn't really protect the basket. He doesn't he get, he gambles a lot on defense. He is always looking to kind of get a steal and get back out on the break. And he's really athletic, and he relies on his athleticism to make plays and his quickness. But I think that gets the Blazers' defense in precarious positions. And I think that Leonard, with his size, with his potential, really has an opportunity to potentially be the starter by the end of the season. And I think he still has a lot of time to figure it out. I mean, he's still young. I mean, Myers Leonard came into the league when he was a sophomore in college. I mean, he was just a baby when he came into the league. And so uh, I, you you have to look at that and, and think, hey, you know, this guy is still so young. And you can't give up on a guy like that just because he's been slow to mature. He just turned 24. And I, I think that he provides a little bit more long-term than Plumlee will. And, and then looking at the cap sheet, Plumlee is a free agent next year. And I just don't see how you can pay both of those guys. And Leonard is not as good of a passer or ball handler as Plumlee, but he can shoot, which provides arguably even more value, especially at center. And he's a good enough passer to make the right reads. And he's been in the flow offense for so long that I think he will just continue to get a little bit better. And it's not far-fetched, the notion that Leonard could be the starting center by season's end. And I think that was a great point by Dan Sheldon that, you know, Evan Turner, I don't, I still think that Mo Harkless is going to be the starter at center for the start of the year because I just don't know how you can go away from that lineup that was so successful at the end of last season for the Blazers. However, if the season progresses and that and Myers kind of starts to emerge, I, I could definitely see them kind of supplementing that playmaking that is lost by taking Plumlee out of the lineup and insert Turner. And then his shooting becomes less of an issue because you have Myers Leonard, who is a very good shooter in general, not just for a center, very good shooter, 
uh, at center. So you can have your space, but the geometry of the floor is just going to be a little bit different with Leonard at center and having your shooting come from that position as opposed to the three position where it would be with a guy like Alan Crabb. But um, yeah, well, thanks for joining me uh, on another episode of the Locked On Blazers podcast. I'm your host, Eric Garcia Gunderson, and we'll be back later on this week. There's some good stuff coming up. Uh, David Locke, again, uh, is going to have Terry Stotts on Locked On NBA, so we will make sure to get you some important bits from that interview uh, of head coach Terry Stotts talking about the Blazers. on on the Lockdown NBA podcast, we're going to have another episode on Thursday of the podcast, and I am also going to be on Rip City Mornings tomorrow, 6.20 a.m. in Portland. If you want to check that out tomorrow, that's Tuesday. I was on there today with Dan Sheldon. It was a lot of fun. Uh, and, yeah, be sure to subscribe to this podcast. We're on Stitcher now, uh, which I, I know that some podcast users use to listen to podcasts. So if you know someone who really loves Stitcher, tell them to subscribe to the podcast we're on itunes of course audio boom the the network that hosts our podcast and be sure to check out all the lockdowns as well because there are lockdowns for nearly every nba team we've expanded into the nfl it's uh, a growing network so uh get in on the ground floor as a listener follow us on this journey of Locked On Sports, Locked On Podcasts, and we will be back later this week. Thanks for joining me, and we'll catch you later.